Eric, are you okay? Yes! Yes! Eric's back! You guys! You guys! Welcome to our podcast. We just finished the episode. Episode two. It's We're home. We're home. We're home. So is John. John Snow lives. Round of applause, guys. Come on. Yeah. John Snow lives. He's back. They lied for once. Come on. Tumultuous applause. How do you think he's feeling right now? Like, finally, I don't have to lie anymore? <laughs> well, he didn't do a very good job to begin with. Yeah, he didn't. Well, well, hang on there, because would we have believed him even if, if he had put on the best performance of, of like, lying about... I mean, I, I don't think he could have done any better. I think we wanted to believe what we wanted to believe. <laughs> have you guys felt this excited after a Game of Thrones episode? No. Ever? No. Ever? I, no. Not in a long time, if ever. I can't remember specifically. Hard home, maybe? Yeah. I don't want to rule Like I was going to say, I don't want to rule it out. But it's got to have home was... in the title. That's the key. Yeah, that's yeah. the key. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Everyone made fun of the title, but here we are. Here we I are. I remember fondly leaping up and down after we finished Hard Home and then went directly to record it. And I feel like tonight is no di- I feel like tonight could be greater. That was that was one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. It right? was I agree. Incredible. That was unbelievable episode of that show. It was from it was start incredible. to finish. Yeah, that, wasn't no it? No question. It was beautiful. It was. I mean, the Jon Snow moment at the end. Even though I think we all knew it was basically coming, I still screamed out loud. Did you though? Yeah. I thought that was. They did such an amazing job. They drew it out just as long that was as yeah. they the possibly best could. Ever. Yeah, one of the best scenes ever. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, like that. I think we all expected fire or, or serious magic or characters like, you know, like the the show really making a big deal about it. Like a bit. I mean, and we how do I talk we made a big deal. We make a big deal about it. But, <laughs> but Melisandre was just over his body mm-hmm. and uh, a rollerless ceremony. Mm. Just her or was it and her words or was it? But it felt like everything had been stripped away at that point, And it was just. Well, everything was stripped at the away. End. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that scene was incredible. I mean, the tension in that room mm. and the silence as everybody, like as Tormund scoffs and then Ghost goes to sleep and then Melisandre leaves and then Davos hangs around, but then he leaves and I mean. Then it then it happens. It yeah. had to happen when no one was in there. It's just something about it. Young Ned Stark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And young Ned Stark, that that awkward moment. I wanted to tweet this, but I didn't. But that awkward moment when you think it's going to be a Lyanna Stark flashback, but it ends up being a Hodor flashback. Uh, this this whole episode was full of that stuff. Tyrion and dragons. Um, you know these these moments episode? that just you just don't see coming a mile away. And but there, that's real. That's the kind of show we are watching. That is the kind of world we live in now, where where stuff like this, you just approach dragons and let them go also, because it's Bruce Bolton's you know, dead. Oh my Bruce god! Bolton. And so is Balin Greyjoy. So is Balin Greyjoy. <laughs> what is dead may never die. <laughs> what is dead may never die. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about all this stuff. Like, where do we start? I just I don't. I don't think we have to. I think we've already started. I don't think we. You know, <laughs> these episodes that we record after the show airs uh, is really up to HBO and game of thrones uh to sort out how this will work out and uh i think that responsibly there's really there's no order we had liana stark atop a horse we had benjen we had ned we had brandon we had willis young hodor we had old nan younger nan <laughs> young at nan, the beginning young of this episode younger nan less old nan ramsey murdered his father in cold blood and fed uh, <laughs> his brother to the dogs that was horrible i really hated that, that whole scene i've become like so desensitized to this i feel like we all have to like ramsey's shit like you could see it coming a mile away and they didn't cut away like they weren't they weren't gracious with how they did it they just kind of showed and you know you heard the hounds attacking and it was just like okay this is what this kid's all about yeah do you think do you guys think that roose bolton was redeemed here in this in in his in his sort of his final moments he had that great line uh he's counseling his son on on if you behave like a mad dog they'll treat you like a mad dog they'll take you out back you know he's sort of he was a little naive at the end and it makes me it reminds me of the other naive characters who paid for it with their lives it's hard to say i i don't really think that Bruce could be redeemed simply because of what he did at the Red Wedding. He has mm-hmm. such a huge hand in that. And I tweeted when uh was watching the episode on Game of Owens Handle that basically payback is a bitch. And 
That's yeah. exactly mm-hmm. what he got here. I know there are probably qualities about Roos when we see him in certain scenes with that we may be able to respect, but you have to remember what he did to the Starks and he's yeah. not a good guy. What no. he's done his entire life, the kind of person he is, the kind of house he's helped push forward. He flays people. Yeah. As many as Ramsey? Ramsey's mother underneath her, her father's swinging corpse. Yeah. You know, this, this guy is, 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 uh, reaping what he has sown. That was my thought when I saw it happen. I had, he did no... give great counsel though to Ramsey sure. right before he died. Yeah, I mean Ramsey didn't said. hear a word of it. Right. Didn't hear a word of it. Surely, that's my one hope: uh, is that Ramsey dies quick uh, for making the mistakes that his father was counseling him against making. But honestly, it looks like with that that alliance with the Carstark kid um, sounds like a an old western. But uh, the Carstark kid and 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 all the <laughs> houses of the north, um, you know, seem to be following Ramsey's lead, which. I, clearly, there's more there than than we've seen uh, in terms of uh, that kid. I think was was prepared for what Ramsey yeah, he's was been about working. to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's interesting seeing a younger generation of the men of the North uh, stage a coup and and really kind of shake things up there. Um, that's that's essentially what Ramsey's relying on is yeah. all of these houses to overthrow even their own elders. We learn those families' names here too. Not only is the Karstarks, but the Manderleys uh, and the Umbers look like they Umbers. would come into an allegiance with Ramsey. And what really worries me, I don't know if any of you got a chance to see the preview for next week's episode, but it looks like the Umbers have a gift for Ramsey. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that worries me for one Rick does me too. Mm-hmm. Sam, uh, my grandmother just texted me, best snow day ever. <laughs> <laughs> That is a tweet. Get it up there with some little emojis. You want me to do it? I'll do it you right now. You're gonna change while her contact on your phone to, to grandma or Grammy or Gram if it isn't already, and then just, and screenshot that shit so that people know exactly like full context right there. Your grandmother is a baller and uses uses these Absolutely. opportunities post show to talk with you about Game of Thrones. That's the special thing about all of this. Did, did this episode not just feel like a celebration of all the things that we love? You know, like from the from the very beginning of going back to the familiar place of Winterfell and then visiting it later uh, in the f- in the future and 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 experiencing Theon's introspective uh, mutterings with Sansa and then going right back to Pike and and feeling the amazing amazing portrayal of Bale and Greyjoy uh, just sort of melt through the screen while the rest of this was happening in this episode. This episode sort of means just kind of felt like I know I keep harkening back to Hard Home, but it felt that it like remember how we had the reveal that uh that Rickon uh, was not murdered. Rickon and Bran were not murdered uh, between Theon and Sansa and the Hardhone episode. In the same episode, we had the throne room scene and then later the conversation between Daenerys and Tyrion. And it just felt like there was so much tension and stuff getting released that all like this episode had all of that and possibly more, you know, mm-hmm. even those moments of Robert Strong walking uh, in a in a des- deserted outdoor pavilion sort of corridor that just it, it had this just. I don't know, like this, this soul to it where when I was watching it, I just, it just felt grander, you know, it felt, it just, oh, wow. I like, there was no setup. This didn't have, this wasn't an episode one where, you know, there was a direct purpose. This was just, I felt like this was just gratuitous storytelling. Shit happening. Yeah. You know what I mean though? Just like, yeah, here it is. Celebrate it. This is what's <laughs> well, going this on. This is my question for you, Zach. Yeah. You, uh, didn't feel great about the first episode. And so I'm wondering if your perception on what the season's going to look like has changed after watching episode two. I felt good about it, but I was worried about some things because we're going into unknown territory and I trust George R. R. Martin's storytelling. And we've come to know that that can be relied on. And definitely, yeah, I've been worried, but um, <laughs> I'm not worried anymore if the show stays like this i mean it's this was a fantastic episode i know that we just watched it so it might be a little bit of that but well the first episode set the tone well in terms of connecting last season with this season Mm -hmm. and as was mentioned there were so many cliffhangers from the end of season five that you're not accustomed to seeing in a normal game of thrones finale so it was great to just jump right back into the action and now in this episode you have the continuation of that like the payoff. To get that payoff, exactly. And to so quickly, what surprised me about the end of this episode was that they wasted no time in bringing Jon Snow back. I mean, 
one episode, I mean, we did have to wait an entire off season. Don't get me wrong. But mm. to do that at the very end of the second episode tells you that he's going to be integral to what happens moving forward. And we didn't really know that coming into this episode. We knew that his body was still being protected by Davos and the loyal members of the Night's Watch. We knew that Dollar Ed was off treating with the wildlings to try and get them to come yep. to the aid of Davos and John, and they did. And I was just shocked. I, I really thought, and somebody mentioned this earlier, that the episode was going to end without him coming back. And we were going to have this Me drawn too. throughout the entire season. And actually, for a moment, when Ghost had his eyes closed... I thought Ghost had been sacrificed for John, and I thought we were going to lose Same. Ghost in this episode. So I just, I, I don't know where any of this is going. I love the fact I don't know where any of this is going, but now that we are here and he's back, we can put all Alive the speculation to rest <laughs> and move forward. I will say, um, only because I wanted Ghost to kill Ollie. <laughs> 2K16. <laughs> I was a little, I'm not, I don't want to use the word disappointed, but I wish that there had been more of a fight at Castle Black. I was surprised that um, the way that that unfolded fairly quickly, like the wildlings came in fairly quickly and the uh, Night's Watch smartly surrendered. And yeah. after a little bit of encouragement from one one, right. yeah. <laughs> straight from the book, right? Just Rock, dashes rock, his head smash. against the wall, right against oh the wall, like God. a fly. So good. Um, and Thorne's like telling them to fight. Um, I, I guess I was, I, I assumed that there would be some sort of battle, but there wasn't. I think that was smart of, of the it Night's Watch. Right? Yeah. It, there's no way that they could have beat the wildlings. I was just really amped. For someone to kill Ollie. <laughs> but so. Ollie made the swing, missed. He really, really wants to get Tormund back, and I, I get that. But uh, I, I just have a feeling with the way he's really gotten camera time that uh, we're not done with Ollie. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's in the cells, and some of those men are in the cells, and I'm, 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 I'm curious as to what they're going to do with them and um, what he will... <laughs> What, he will what mean. a world to wake up to! What a mm. world to wake up to is uh, your 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 conspirators who killed you are imprisoned beneath the wall. Your most loyal man is Sir Davos, who orchestrated this whole thing, and you've got Tormund waiting over your dead body to be resurrected. Like Tormund loves John, and that much was was very clear to me uh, in this episode. They're all there, and I know we didn't get to specifically see the scene where. Um, they're all equally talked into trying what Davos wants to try with the Red Woman, but everybody bought into it. Everybody was watching, and it was, you know, they waited. They watched her pray. They wanted to be there for that to happen. They all wanted John back and have been prepared to die for the protection of his body for all this time, and it's it's not for naught. It could have been. It very well could have been, but Anna, it's not. What yeah. if it is now John kills Ali 2K16? <laughs> I mean, he should still feed him to Ghost, right? He should, right. <laughs> that's good meat on there. <laughs> he should take really a good page meat. out of Ramsey's book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, guys. I'm so glad that we do this with each other. I am too. Yeah. But yeah. to Eric's point about that conversation with the rest of the people who were in the room when John came back, I loved the conversation that Davos had with Melisandre when he basically told her, I've seen what you've done. You know, I don't care if you say that the Lord of Light, ha Lord of Light hasn't ever spoken to you. Um, I've seen, what does he say? He says something about, he's asking the woman who showed him that miracles the do miracles exist. miracles can exist. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And she's like, I don't have this gift. And he's like, have you ever tried? He just has this complete faith in her, which I assume he translated over to the rest of the people in that room as they, they gathered to see Jon Snow come back. Um, and, and I thought that that was, that was such a cool moment for Davos to believe in these miracles that Melisandre herself. Davos's blind faith is contagious. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't is. help but rally. And I, I think that's something that probably is a remnant from when he was backing Stannis too. I mean, these, these men who were d disposed against Stannis would, would see how much he liked him and kind of rally their troops. I, I think that's probably what got most everybody in that room um, to watch. And like, I, I, I just love that everyone left the room, you know, kind of disappointed and, and kind of shocked. I love that it took a while for John to come back. I mean, he's been dead a little while, right? A little, mm -hmm. little, little the whole season. There. Yeah, he's been right, dead yeah. for. So I, I think that's all, you know, his, his soul had to come back from a little further down in the netherworld or, or, you know, however you want to say it. But maybe they the room needed to be vacant for the magic to work. Mm -hmm. Maybe I mean, there was that thing with ghosts there where he opened his eyes. Maybe it was like a 
soul he transfer. Felt it coming. Yeah, he knew. He, he knew. He was like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, I thought, when ghost honestly, his eyes, that ghost was going to die. ghost closes his eyes the, to go to sleep, I was in that moment thinking, well, then John is definitely not going to come back. Mm-hmm. Or at least not right now because ghost is asleep and he's got to be sensing yeah, this. And otherwise, if he can't otherwise sense we'd it, see ghost. we'd see ghosts go like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, honestly, that ghost was going to die. I thought he was going to be the, the so sacrifice to bring yeah. John back. And here's the other thing, right? We've been told so many times only death can pay for life. Right. We don't know that somebody in that room, when they walked out, didn't drop dead. Right. That's true. See, I, I'm not sure. And this is where the, the I, I want to know, but I'm okay right now with the way I feel knowing that it happened. It left you, you know happy, I mean? right? At the end of this yeah. episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a way to do it, because Game of Thrones is is just is just where it needs to be when Jon Snow is on screen and when he's when he's when he's working because uh, you know I don't need to tell you why and so just that him breathing and it was just it was good. Do you feel I don't know a how sigh of relief for spending the whole off season, all of us parading around that Jon Snow is absolutely going to come back <laughs> to life? It was almost a moment of whew, like yeah. <laughs> oh, thank gosh yeah. we didn't waste all that airtime. We were all right. I didn't, you know, we, we've had lots of theories. Everyone's had lots of theories on how it was going to happen. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, I think we all expected it to be something more grand, but it's 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 better this way. It's almost like so bold. It's so bold because it it could have been. They could have really made a, made a spectacle out of it, but they absolutely did not make a spectacle out of it. There was, it was just, some theories it is about, what it is. about him like John being burned and then him not being able to be burned and because he's a Targaryen and so when Tormund in the beginning says let's burn him right I had a thought of well maybe that's what it's gonna be yeah like life out of a pyre just like Daenerys in season one yeah right yeah yeah yeah. salt and smoke yeah well we're gonna know next week guys Tower of Joy Uh. (laughs) like it's not gonna stop stop. (laughs) that's episode three of the whole season so let's just remember that well I, I mean in an episode that Got its title from a Theon Greyjoy quote. I mean, I could not be happier. The Pike stuff, I think, was interesting, which we have to definitely talk about. And in an episode where we got a child of the forest talking yeah. about Bran's How creepy welfare. was that? Yeah. I mean, child of the forest 2.0, like more Eric, makeup and like scales and creeper, creepier looking. Talking about Bran's welfare. Of course, the Three-Eyed Raven all of this was this episode. I, I just, I can't, can't even wrap my brain around it. In that beautiful vista. The opening to this episode was very reminiscent from one of those in season one, right? Where you had the crow calling, the raven calling, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you'd be inside one of Bran's dreams. Mm. And I liked sort of that touch, that throwback. And the fact that we got to go to Winterfell, see Lyanna, see Ned, see Benjen, see Hodor mm-hmm. Willis that's his new name that's pretty baller mm-hmm. and uh experience that moment and, and and it's that Bran was feeling so elated and he says as much when he comes out of the dream and it's almost like this constant struggle he seems to be having with three-eyed raven in terms of what he's experiencing what he's seeing and it, I wonder how much longer is he going to continue to go through these visions to learn what, you know, what is the ultimate purpose of him seeing all of these different things and where is it that he is going to go? Because it seemed at least from children of the forest, at least the one that interacted with mirror in that scene, sorry, mirror, not mirror. (laughs) I don't know why I called him mirror. If you're British, it's mirror. (laughs) Either way. (laughs) Yeah. It just seems like brand's purpose is going to become more apparent this season and we just don't know where is it that he's going to go what what is it that he can possibly do and there's just so many questions that that are still yet to be answered well we know that he wasn't allowed to experience that kind of a vision uh the entire time during during the training that was kind of almost a a treat for him Mm -hmm. and it felt like a a treat for us as well that was uh yeah very very well portrayed um by all of those young actors and uh, a serious hats off to the young Hodor who had so much of Christian's mannerisms dialed in uh, Hodor's posture. Great casting. And it, it really felt like we were watching like for me, at least when that scene was over, I felt, 
I felt like I, I know that we make a Game of Thrones podcast and we really love this thing, but I felt excited. Mm-hmm. And I don't normally get that way about, you know, watching television or, or, or reading books necessarily. But when I saw him standing there with that with that uh, mini shield, that small shield in his arms, and he was about to start sparring with the Star children, Stark children, I was like, this is this is a fantastic scene from a television <laughs> show. This is great. Can we right? get a, can we get a spinoff series of, of just <laughs> oh, yeah. old old Winterfell? And we're led to believe like this is this is almost a treat, as you said. This is uh, he says to the Three Eyed Raven, "You finally shown me something that I care about or something that I like." And we're meant to believe. I mean, it's essentially is explained away the absence uh, why Bran was not in last season. Like he was seeing stuff, sure. But it was nothing that he could make sense of. And we still don't know what the purpose is, what the goal is, what the end game, you know, Bran's fate is or anything like that. But it kind of explained it away as being, oh, all that other stuff was boring or or just less relevant or more foundational. Um, you know, it could come into play later, but I think everything we need to know will obviously see on screen. So I, they handled that pretty well, I thought. Uh, it was Winterfell who just made a tweet uh, recently because everyone's just all over the place tonight. You guys have sent in just the owns are dwarfing last week's owns. It's this is just, I think, how it's going to be the rest of the, the season. Uh, he tweeted the episode felt like an hour of fan service, uh, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> and uh, when you think about it, and you think about the the like I said earlier, just the slow nature of having Robert Strong, um, like that scene was unnecessary. The scene of the man talking about his his uh, gratuitous the, violence. Yeah, well, that well, I mean that, and and also just the reference to Cersei's walk, which made sense. But the guy talking about the size of his package and how mm. much the queen See, wanted I liked it, and then it. I did too. I did too. I did too. But and, and Robert Strong dashing his head against the wall. It was just, uh, it was confident storytelling, comfortable with our characters. And I love that Robert Strong is a person that we can spend time with in a hallway and he gets screen real estate. Like it makes sense, you know? I mean, the guy even cleaned his armor a little bit before he smashed his head against the wall. I really liked the scene of of all those people chatting in King's Landing because I think that's reminiscent of what we get to see in the books of when we're in taverns or traveling on the road and we get to hear people that we don't spend time with talking about these characters that we really care about. And I don't think that we get that in the show very often. And it's like you said, it just adds to the grandeur of the storytelling and uh, just continues to build this world out even more. But what was the purpose, though, just to remind people that Cersei had that walk? Uh, I, th- that was my yeah. only issue that I, not that I didn't enjoy the story and, and you know this guy who's a bit of a comedian and then how would even Robert Strong find out about it's well okay, yeah. that's that's a question I mean super yeah. super hearing maybe he's got little birds of his own <laughs> but the, the I think the point was like Robert Strong is still defending Cersei it's defending her and en- it's it's eliminating her enemies and that's what he's all of her ple- enemies pledged yeah. to do yeah all, all of anyone who could be perceived as an enemy and I mean the the King's men really have hesitations about fucking with that too um even if it's just a matter matter. yeah but it's for a matter as simple as i want to consult with my son and and that's going to cause this huge thing of contention and they're all going to die it's just that's how violently that's how far he this robert strong is willing to go um you know if he's dashing jerks faces like from the from the common uh marketplace just saying shit against cersei while they're drunk if he's going to kill them, who wouldn't he kill? And it's just, I yeah. think it's meant to underscore his devotion to, you know, as promised. They successfully portrayed him as hulking and terrifying. Like, it, it works. He yeah. is huge. He is powerful. A, a small collection of Lannister guardsmen who looked fantastic in their armor, by the way, um, feared the one person. It felt like I was, like, watching a video game and you've got a character that's well, <laughs> well leveled up compared to everyone else. And it's like, yeah. he shouldn't be able to take all of them down, but I think that he probably could. Well, the look of relief <laughs> on their face, their faces yeah. was really great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing I thought that that scene did a great job of was setting up the ones that followed it in terms of Tommen and how he has been so influenced and not taken action in many cases, right? He can't protect his mom. He can't protect his wife. And when there was that scene, finally between him and Cersei, he reminded me at times a little bit of Joffrey, how he was being so adamant about how he was going to now change his approach to things. And uh, 
I'm assuming that's going to influence how he's going to go about things as King moving forward. He, he really essentially like recruited her to his side again. Like she, I, I don't want to, she, she didn't necessarily give up on him, but she had her reservations and she had her issues with the prophecy and what's happening to all her children. And the question that I had coming out of that scene was, does she really, does she believe in him? Does she, is she going to let him try or is she going to let the prophecy sort of dictate her fear. Like if you'll notice when she, when he first walks in and, and she asks, uh, she's obviously upset about not being able to see Marcella, but she asks if they dressed her in the the red or the gold, um, you know, she's focused on the prophecy. Gold will be her shroud. He says, Oh, the gold. And she's like, it was always her color, but she's still focused kind of on the prophecy. She wants to sort of disprove it, but she's still putting a lot of faith in it. And I'm just wondering like, you know, to what extent is she going to, allow this child of hers to be taken in front of her? Is she going to take matters into her own head? I just don't know what Cersei's going to do. I'm not necessarily suggesting she's going to kill Tommen, but he, he he worked really hard to recruit her in this scene uh, back to his side. And it, she said it worked, but I don't know mm. if it worked. Well, she was very distant in the beginning. Mm. And then they embrace at the end. And so... She's thinking. I think... Yeah, I think so. She's all he... I mean, she he's all she has left. Really, Jamie. I mean, she has Jamie, but I think that Tommen is is her last child. It's her it's her only son, and uh, I mm-hmm. think that's a good point. Yeah, and a- after that scene with the high sparrow, <laughs> and after Tommen speaking with his mother, I, I have the the Lannisters are going to they're going to fight back hard. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. A lion still has claws. They're gonna like I saw Cersei and I was like, she's gonna she's gonna just demolish this city. She doesn't <laughs> give it you know what I mean? Like it's it's over. Yeah. It's over. Like it's I feel like the anger is just churning inside of her and uh I'm not mad about it. It's it's sort of like what they did with uh well what George did with Jamie, the way that we uh you know, severely sort of disliked him and that that's the kind of person he was meant to be. And then uh, obviously we learn more about him and, and we experience more in the story and then he's come out on the other side. Um, I think like before we would have been really angry if the or, or upset at least if the Lannisters would have, uh, you know, like basically lashed out because like they, they've always had some, they've had so much going for them and you don't really root for people when they're in that circumstance necessarily but right now uh did you guys get upset like what did it bother you when uh the high sparrow was so frank with no. jamie weren't you just kind of like come on <laughs> i loved it i was I, chanting I was, kill him jamie, i was scared i was i was frightened because he confessed to releasing Tyrion, to helping Tyrion escape he said i helped my brother escape when i you know and and that's that's dangerous knowledge to just be throwing around out there because ultimately i yeah. think the point the point was like why haven't I been arrested? But honestly, the answer was probably just we're biding our time. We're waiting for the mo- like. It just it doesn't necessarily make sense. Their their rules, their positions are a little arbitrary, and the High Sparrow is doing a great job at disguising exactly what the Faith mm-hmm. Militant's motives are in the city. Because honestly, Jamie should be imprisoned, and there wouldn't be anything that Jamie could do, and there wasn't in this scene to stop them necessarily and they'd still be out of the reach jamie would be out of the reach of cersei and tommen if they did so why didn't they what's what's their end game it's just really mm-hmm. i think that that scene really served to show that they're they're after something but like imprisoning him for some reason isn't going to make that easier so that's the question what what is next in king's landing like when i asked did it bother you like were you rooting for jamie in that circumstance or were you rooting for the faith were you rooting for the lannisters i think we're absolutely rooting for the lannisters i think that even if their demise is gonna happen eventually i want them to go out swinging yeah they've been so powerful that i think it would be a shame to just kind of watch them crumble without them fighting back and when would we have rooted for the Lannisters like I this know. before? Yeah, <laughs> you know, not really. No. But that stupid barefoot high sparrow comes. <laughs> I wanted Jamie to take in. care of him Me so too. badly. We have so no badly. names. Every one of us is poor, <laughs> and yet together we can overthrow an empire. Like he's that too moment. cocky to live. <laughs> that was such a powerful line, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was such a huge power move, though, to have the entire faith militant, or at least the armed members of the faith militant, which enough to fill was the room. So pious that you would arm members of a religious uh, sect, well, but I guess sept, the it's not sept. that uncommon. Yeah. So uh, 
I just, uh, I was rooting for Jamie, 100%. So, uh, Zach, I totally agree with your point of how you just don't think that these are people that at one moment you'd be supporting, but then a couple of seasons later, you're cheering them on. And I know in the last episode, we referenced how that was the case with the Wildlings, right? We were always cheering on the Night's Watch to defeat the Wildlings, but now in this episode, we were cheering for the Wildlings to defeat the Night's Watch. So it just <laughs> showed you the ability of George's writing to in some ways endear you to characters that at one point you weren't very fond of. And the Lannisters are those types of characters. Jamie is that yeah. type of character. Cersei is that type of character. And you're just able to identify with certain things that they are going through. And it's just amazing to me that we're sitting here in season six and we're totally behind the guy who threw Bran out of a window. Yeah. And we're totally behind the woman who is responsible for Ned's death. It's just we wanted him to crazy. kill a priest in, in a holy set. <laughs> <laughs> what have we become? Yeah. Monsters. We are. We've become monsters. And all of you listening are monsters too. Monsters. So Robert Strong, I mean, I uh, couldn't get much better than that. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm scared of him. He looks so frightening and so strong. And uh, Kyburn should be very, very proud. I know why he was kicked out of the Citadel. This bastard's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's crazy. I, I saw a picture of Half Thor, um, who plays the mountain, walking with his uh, uh, makeup on, but like it's just enough makeup so it like is inside. You can see it from the helmet, and it looks yeah. hilarious, just like a dead patch <laughs> on his face. Uh, and it's just I don't know. It's good to know that he's playing the role so role so deftly. And I I don't know. I'm just pumped about the stuff in King's Landing. I, I, the last week's episode, you know, didn't have me that excited. It was, it was obviously um, necessary. But how cool was that shot of the uh, Sept of Baylor from Cersei's balcony across King's Landing? That just great. Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> this is a cool place to be. Whose death yeah. do you think hurt more, One Ones or Sir Robert Strong's? <laughs> man meets rock. Man falls in love. Man gets crushed. Um, <laughs> probably Roberts because he pushed it slower I guess I don't know oh I was I was gonna suggest one ones because every bone was broken <laughs> versus oh, yeah. just your head a quick death I don't know I mean I'm sure it would be quick either way but but uh, in all fairness that member of the Night's Watch didn't have to shoot that arrow yeah no no that totally voluntary did yeah. he really think that it was gonna do anything <laughs> right guys maybe it was by accident he got so nervous and now you what gotta happens. try. I feel like yeah, that's something he's like, I, I say, fucking <laughs> loose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you know, but that—that's actually that's an interesting. It, it's an interesting characterization for all of these men to just so easily surrender their arms. Sure, like it's the smart thing to do, but they it kind of underscored just how much their recent actions, including the death of John, were motivated out of cowardice, out of un, the, the fact that they're not sure. They're clinging to a leader who who sounds more correct to them. But ultimately, they're just scared. And it doesn't redeem them. They're still assholes, and I want every single one of them to burn. Um, but just how quickly they they revealed their true colors. And even Alistair was, like, surprised at how not how, – how little fight was, was in them, really. But that just shows that he's leading by a very thin, you know, majority, essentially. And, and yeah. He's not so cocky anymore of, about – his no. position of power. He he got where he was. He took where he was, and he he didn't earn it. And the loyalty's very thin. So, at what point are we going to talk about Tyrion? Just you know, uh, <laughs> being, cuddling dragons, <laughs> cuddling dragons, uh, guys. That that awkward moment when you make a eunuch joke, but there are two eunuchs in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, no I lost my cock. I drink all the time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no offense. Grey Worm. Didn't he mean likes it. Grey Worm. <laughs> oh God. That's, that was really funny. Yeah. Everything in Marine this episode was, was on point. My was, question was why didn't Tyrion take my Sunday with him when he went down there? Because she said that she was familiar with the dragons. Like, why did he do it himself? Maybe he was a little drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah. I, that's all I, but it wasn't I like, I, I think that makes sense. Like, you don't, 
Because like she has a proven record with these guys, right? And if you want to be familiar with them, why wouldn't you go alone? I mean, it ended up working out fine in the end, and I think it's more almost yeah. more exciting that that we got to see him do it himself, and he gets to tell that story about when he was a yeah. kid, and he's literally quoting the book straight from I the know, book. And we I just did that it. chapter a few weeks ago, guys. Yeah, we just did that yeah. chapter, and so that was really cool. But uh, at first, I was like, why did he not take her, and why did he take Varys instead? Yeah, that's a good question. That's interesting. I'm, I'm not sure. I guess it. It does well for for Varys, you know, uh, just sort of seeing Tyrion prove himself. And didn't didn't that isn't that what Tyrion did though? Did I mean this guy is is uh, he is a force to be reckoned with? Did you see what he just did? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, walked into the den of uh, two chained dragons, angry, with, uh, hungry, and uh, abandoned mm-hmm. their mother nowhere yeah. in sight, in danger. Yeah. Gone. I'm a friend of your mother. <laughs> Tell your mother I'm here. Now. Um, it's it's just, I think it it had it still had something to do with the connection with Daenerys, right? Because that's that's the whole reason Masande was like, yeah, they never hurt me. Like the dragons can tell who is and isn't a friend of their mom, and it's not just because they're smart, although they are. And I like that it was said that dragons are much far smarter than men. But I, it is some kind of magical connection. Like Daenerys, right before she was forced out of Marine. Uh, by events and circumstances, sort of befriended this guy, sort of trusted this guy. Mm. And I think, think that has everything to do is with... That, is that how you feel about it? Is that yeah. what you think? I, I think there's more to it than that. Mm. Well, I mean, Eric hasn't read the books. He hasn't finished uh, Feast for Crows and A Dance of Dragons yet. So I think that that point of view is interesting because that's probably how most people feel, Eric, is that... Mm. The, the connection with Tyrion and I mean, Danny, either either that or the um, the fact that he was sort of without fear when he was interacting with the with the animals. He was very you know? hippogriff like he bowed to them. But w- yeah, what do you what do you think it was that that made them not not kill him since you read? I just think that there's on some level a deeper connection between Tyrion and these dragons and maybe even the Targaryen family. Mm. Now, let's also just say that he did approach the two nicer dragons, right? There's <laughs> there's still yeah, dragons. I don't think yeah, that makes that much good. of a difference. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. Rhaegal yeah. and Viserion are are you know they're 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 the kids that always behave for the most part, right? Maybe yeah. they've been chained up and yeah, they're they're on a hunger strike, so they're pretty disciplined. I just want to say that for me, having very recently gone through uh, as we were building a feast with dragons, like these these chapters, very and of course this Tyrion hasn't done this in the book, but um, other other people have going through these chapters in the books. I don't think that they could have adapted this any better. It felt so true to what was written. Not that it had to to be that way in order to to work well on screen, but it did. It was uh, it was so scary, and the tension was so high. And simply removing the dragon's collar, simply standing there and being as bold as he was, mm-hmm. I think Tyrion was almost as heroic as someone winning a battle in this TV show. Absolutely. Seeing- you know? That's going to give him confidence too to do a lot of things in the future. I mean, the fact that even even after he lets them go and says to Varys, "If I ever have an idea like that again, punch me in the face." Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a funny line, but really, he's just he was sort of surprised in himself and still so shaken by the moment that he he just said, you know, never again. Like, sure, this one time, but not again. I think he meant it. He's just that. He did I really just do that? Is how it was, and that's an endearing uh, question to I ask. I want to know at, what gave him times. the confidence, though, to to be able to just go down there and confront two dragons with just Maybe no issues Targaryen. whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know wine, but it's, wine, <laughs> wine. Yeah, it's just wine. Is is pretty much I drink and I know things. He he had an inkling. He had a feeling. You got to trust your gut instinct. I think they were really out of options. He read the books. I was afraid, though. Uh, I'll be honest with you, because I was thinking to myself. Did I see Tyrion in any of the other previews and yeah. other scenes? <laughs> the, yeah, are all the scenes from the trailer with him in it? Like, have they been shown? So, is that what you believe then, Micah? The Targaryen roots are what's doing this for Tyrion, or is it something else? It's hard to say, just because I feel like saying that he's half Targaryen and that Tywin really isn't his father is a bit of the Jon Snow type of storyline. Uh, except Tyrion obviously not being a bastard and to have all these Targaryens kind of popping up out of nowhere all of a sudden after such a long period of time, believing that Daenerys is the only one that's really out there. Uh, it's, to me is, is I, I would feel a little bit cheated, but 
that's not to say that Tyrion doesn't have some Targaryen blood in him in some capacity, but it might just be Tyrion's nature. Uh, yeah. It, it just, there's three heads of the dragon, right? But maybe part of where this is all going is you don't have to be purely Targaryen in order to be able to control or ride one of these dragons. You just have to really believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it's not who you were born and it's not the kind of family you were a part of or how much money you had, but the kind of person that you are, the kind of person that you uh, sort of resolved yourself to be. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's certainly possible. What do you think, Anna? Well, I, I mean, I, I feel like I agree with what Micah was saying, essentially. I definitely think there's more to Tyrion and his background and why he's able to tame quote-unquote these dragons or was able to uh, approach them that way but I, I i don't know the answer but i would i would agree with micah i think i'm sticking with the daenerys's friend uh yeah shtick uh not because i don't acknowledge that it's possible that Tyrion could be you know eris's bastard or whatever uh but uh i i i think that that it could be either i think is how it's why it's brilliant that it's played that way or both um or both. Either yeah. or both. That scene was just, I don't know, almost almost haunting to me. Just uh, when that, when uh, I think it was Rhaegal turned his head and sort of said, okay, take my collar off. And like yeah. they were communicating, but not with words. I mean, especially <laughs> after just reading Tyrion's chapter, explaining uh, the dreams he used to have and then getting that same quote as he was saying it lovingly and as an equal to... Uh, Viserion, it was just like you know, it, it could have been more rewarding for me. The the feels were were, were really strong, and uh, like the, a scene like that can carry an otherwise lackluster plotted episode. But to, to you know, to have that in the episode that Ramsay murders Roose Bolton, mm. and to have it in the you know what I mean, mm-hmm. Jon Snow returns. It's just uh, uh, this is episode two, and I'm I'm feeling incredibly hopeful for all that's yet to come. I mean, we're Jon Snow is going to be alive in the next episode and <laughs> we're going to have to deal with the explanation oh of that. And you know, he's going to walk like stand I'm up surpri- and walk I'm around. Surprised, I'm surprised there's anything else besides just John in the next episode that it's not another <laughs> at the wall episode to just deal with the gravity of the situation. I wonder who's going to be the first to see him. Are we going to take bets? Ghost. I mean, <laughs> ghost. Yeah. Well, ghost yeah okay. <laughs> Did you see the grin ghost, on ghost, ghost face? Ghost doesn't necessarily see him yet. <laughs> <laughs> he was so happy. Do you guys think that that John was floating sort of midway through the cosmos inside of Ghost's mind? I think that's possible. No. Look, the body isn't rotting. The body should have really, by that point, I think, had some sort of form of degradation to it. I mean, it wasn't even necessarily discolored or whatever. It's pretty, it's pretty cold up there. It's yeah. cold, yeah. It's pretty cold. You can explain it away. Yes. I know. I, I'm I will, going to. I will grant you that. I will grant I'm you that. I'm going to. But there was something special about about that corpse from from day one. I think it's really beautiful for start. You know, our conversations we all just kind of keep coming back to John. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's. You know what? Let's talk That's about. Okay. Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen in episode two, guys. No, no. Me I neither. think we're all no kind of surprised. Pleasantly, it's episode right? nine, is it? Oh. Yeah, we're all pleasantly surprised. This is episode nine type <laughs> material. I feels that way. Yeah. Well, there was that episode two, Purple Wedding. I mean, they're redefining it, I think, right now. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about Pike, uh, actually, a little bit here, if we can. Of course, Eric. Uh, I was I was a little I'm kind of worried um, because for who? Well, I, I just I just think it was all kind of smushed into this otherwise very exciting chapter. The whole bit about the King's Moot flies by in like five seconds after Balon's fall. And uh, I don't know that I liked it. Did you like the scene preceding it, though? I mean, it was fantastic. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, the, a lot of the exposition I mean, was what was that, right? In. That was <laughs> that bridge shot. That was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. And Euron did was amazing. I felt like yes. he looked like such a such a great joy. He had that amazing. He looked like Theon almost. Yep. I felt like and their mannerisms were almost mm-hmm. the same. And mm-hmm. you couldn't really see his face. And mm-hmm. I was. They're absolutely brothers. I thought that was really neat. I don't mock the drowned god. I am the drowned <laughs> am god. I am the drowned god. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> okay, pretty good introduction. I mean, he, he has goes, a good introduction. I am the, the storm, too. brother. And I'm gonna start saying that. I don't. I don't know, guys. I mean, this is this is what we we got Dorn instead of the Iron Islands last season, and we know we all know how we feel about Dorn still. And I just hope the Iron Islands don't succumb to some of the same summarizations and fast pacing, like but by by omission. That that they've done with Dorn, I think it's a it's I think it could go either way. Not to bring anybody down in the conversation, but I think it could go That's really go either concern. way. Way way fair, man. I mean, I I really I, again the lineage it's it's important, but in the books they go a lot slower at, at dissecting it. That's true, but I mean, look how good it was. You know, it really was good. It really really was good. Mm-hmm. You're on standing there on a bridge with Balon. You know they were patient with the Balon thing, and I'm so glad that they were because we we we've known he was dead for years. But to do it in this way, and for that to be Euron's introduction, and we can guess that Euron's going to be around for a long time, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was it was just uh it just it, it almost didn't belong in a television show. It was just grand. It was just grandiose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He's standing yeah. on this bridge. He he tells his brother that he is the first storm and the last. Like this guy is. When men see my sails, they pray. They pray. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Balon walked onto that bridge in the first place, though. As soon as he Dude, puts his foot on the. This is a man yes. who stakes his entire reputation on taking, and he's taking <laughs> yeah. those next steps across the bridge. I, I think. I mean, you couldn't well, see. Well, the books, it's mentioned that he had done that so many times before right that's right. why they're so yeah. suspect of why he died mm-hmm. right yeah. You know, yeah this is a man who's crossed those bridges many times i mean i'm i'm just i'm just surprised i guess again and it was it was the scenes i wonder how much time has passed from his fall to his funeral because it's the very next second in the in the scenes but who reported the body who re- who found the body first of all he dies in a storm you know do you ever really expect to find the body um let alone, it was just so sped up that I, that it gives me great pause um, in terms of the actual locating of his body, holding the ceremony, and having having Asha declare that she is going to find who did it. I think that your concerns are legitimate, especially after just the whole Dorn fiasco. I don't want to call it a fiasco because I didn't think it was a fiasco. <laughs> call it a fiasco. But, I mean, I Micah would call it a fiasco. I think that that's a legitimate me? concern after Dorn last season, after Dorn last episode. But I feel optimistic. Like, let the fast forwarding stop here. Like, let's let's yeah. let this whole thing play out. I think there's there's a time and place for it. Like, we got mm-hmm. to feel some space in the the first scene with uh, young Ned, which was just incredible. It yeah. felt great. We were comfortable, you know. So if we have to sacrifice pacing here and there to to move the thing along, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that because you know I, I'd rather have time spent on a wide uh, angle of the bridge and the storm and the two brothers facing each other down. Then the guy finding the body and saying, look, this is the King's body. You know, we we, we can kind of put those, those things together. But I mean, you're so right to have that fear because we've learned that the people making the show are human and that's just how it is. So, you know, I think it's, if, if, if we're not realistic, then, that's not healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know no, what I'm what saying. saying. What you're saying is, if I can jump into your mind for a second, I guess, sure. is, is just that- Morgan to me. We That's can't always dangerous. just sit here on a podcast <laughs> and, and just wax poetic about everything that this show is. There are going to be moments where we disagree. There are going to be things that we don't like. I think Dorn is probably one of those things, right? Is is that yeah. more or less what you're trying to say? It, and that's fair. I, I, you know, we're not we're not just gonna be cheerleaders over here. We're gonna yeah. talk about all the things that happen as a result of this show, the reactions that are felt by all the fans. And I think that it is a legitimate concern because Pike and the Iron Islands are a place that we have not been for some time, and we learn based on the conversation with, with Balin and, and Yara that, you know, Deepwood Mott has been retaken and it seems like the Greyjoy family is going to have to do a little bit of reassessing in terms of figuring out how they want to move forward in playing this game. And she mentions the fact that the War of the Five Kings is over and, and Balin just doesn't seem to accept it. And he also doesn't seem to accept Theon even still now. So if he is in fact returning home this season, how is he now going to be received? It seems like he may actually be better off with <laughs> Yara there and Balon dead. Yeah. Well, he's 
God, you're on to contend with now if there's a moot, which I'm just like, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it. But it'll be fun, right? Either way. It'll be a <laughs> lot of fun to see happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> Theon, Theon's one of those characters at this point. It's like, well, he could die or he could keep going. And we like watching him. He's had a little redemptive arc, but essentially it's like he could die. He's, Eric he's speaking reasonably about Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, what yeah, he's he's expendable. I love the guy to death, but but ultimately, <laughs> like, if he gets in somebody's way, this is how it is for everybody. We we pretend that it's only this way for certain characters, but look, you get in somebody's way, you could die. And 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 I don't I don't like Theon's chances without uh without Brienne, you know. And, and that's that's really the the silly thing is like he's he's going back home i hope it doesn't mean winterfell i hope he's not still like going reverting you know brainwashed like sansa should have just had a caveat where she's like okay i'll give you this horse if you promise not to ride it straight into ramsey's loving arms right now um you know we assume he's going back to the iron islands but i mean he's he's unprotected he's leaving essentially the only protection he's known for a very long time which is stupid so maybe i'm just writing him off now so that i don't have to feel the emotions of it later um that's I really I hope he. I really, really hope he makes it to the Iron Islands. You'd love I, to see that, you'd, you wouldn't you? I mean, I would. Yeah, definitely. I was sad for him to be leaving Sansa, though, and I think that they had a really sweet moment when he tells him, "Theon's like, I would have died to get you to the Wall." Yeah, essentially. that was tender. And I thought that was sweet. I liked. I liked their interactions last episode. I really liked them together this episode. I think that they have, they've been through so much together with with everything that happened at Winterfell and that type of relationship. I think has been important, but it, it makes sense for Theon to n- not stay. I mean, does it? I mean, I, it he, never, it never bodes well when he pays a uh, tribute to his Greyjoy roots. Remember what happened last time? He can't pay back the Starks. Like he said, I mean, yeah. he's done so much damage and mm-hmm. he could try to redeem himself, but there's nothing that he could do to fix what, what happened. And so I think that he feels like his only option is to go back to his really his true home other you know that's the only way that he can maybe start to make a difference maybe uh, Interesting i worry he'll just home guys though between yeah. theon and actually jamie because they both have these moments where they're recounting all the terrible things that they've done mm. mm-hmm. do you notice that at all yeah yeah that's a good point that is very interesting and 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 theon doesn't want to take the black i thought that was a brilliant solution but uh, I wouldn't want to take the black either if I didn't have to. At this it's point, being there. the first defense on the wall, forget it. <laughs> Ramsey Bolton's are coming. And how ironic, right, that um, you know they're talking about Jon Snow and how Sansa can go up there. Ramsey's talking about how Jon Snow is the Lord Commander. It's like, well, actually, he's dead. But now they don't have to worry about that because he's actually going to be alive. Now she can go up there. He can because he's alive. is he going to be the Lord Commander? That's the question. What if no. they miss we each other? We haven't even talked about that. I'm voting. I'm voting no. Dollars Ed for Lord Commander, right, guys? Me too. I mean, Dol- yeah. The, the five, <laughs> I don't know. the five brothers that they leave alive, Dollars Ed should be in command of. What if we have one of those? You know how this tends to happen? Those barely passing each other misconnections. What if Sansa is headed to the Wall and Jean is headed <laughs> to Winterfell and they miss each other? I'm going to have no. a heart attack. They camp happens. in opposite tents or something. Yeah. And judging by how strong the season's been so far, that's going to happen like next episode. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, like I feel like that we 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 have thoughts that could blossom in the next two or three episodes. But what about? the last episodes of the season. Like where are we going to be then? Euron's going to be just just spraying blood all over the silence, you know, god just I'm I'm Arya down. will be running I'm so down. By by episode 10 I think running the running the, the way the that she Black keeps the house <laughs> yeah. of black and white, the way that she keeps getting promoted. Like seriously, seriously, a girl is not a beggar anymore. What did she do to deserve that? She ain't learned nothing, Jackin. She ain't learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> yeah, that's a storyline that's just, uh, if we want to talk about one this season so far that's not doing it for me, it's that one. Really? Uh, I I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe it'd be good um, because I like the, the Arya thing, but I think Jacken is, or whoever this man is, Jacken, uh, is, is, it's the favoritism's clouding he's not actually helping her with anything i don't think she should have spent a little bit more time learning how to listen and hear and and defend herself i understand it's tough but she's got nothing but time do you frankly, think though and- that that this means that she's not gonna 
still have the same types of lessons. She's just going to be doing them in a different capacity. Like, do you think that this means she's not going to be blind anymore? Why move her at all? I mean, why not just let her, if it was working before? I just think, I feel like her witticisms get her out of all of this, like, trouble. Jackin keeps going back on and whatever we think his word is supposed to be. I don't I don't know. I just think well, she, she's the teacher though. I mean, right now. And it, he was offering, no, he was offering her things that maybe normally Arya would have accepted, right? So he's offering her a place to sleep. He's offering, offering right. her food. Then he finally really ups the ante and offers her her sight back. And she still says that she's no one. So maybe it wasn't as believable because she just got her ass kicked. So she was a little bit, you know, out of sorts, yeah. but I think that uh, she still has more training to do. That's for sure. That's, that's for sure. And we really haven't spent a lot of time with her, honestly. I mean, who knows what's been happening to her while she's just sitting out there on the streets. It's true. I guess it's only been a couple minutes this season so far. But Yeah, but I, I mean, I still, I think that this is probably, as I've said before, the storyline that I'm kind of excited just to get through this part to wherever she heads to wherever she's headed next. Well, now Jon Snow is alive, so you can He's alive. focus on all the other stories, Hannah. Oh, God. <laughs> I can sleep at night, finally. How many Man, times are you like, going to go back and watch that scene over and over again? Um, I'm going to go watch it. That's a personal question. <laughs> the, the, like, the time we spent in that room, you know, like, just the, the, when they all walked out piece by piece and Davos was kind of the last to give up, and then it was just an empty room and the door was shut. And I don't know. That was just, the best scene ever. The best scene ever. It was... It was so good. It was if, so if, good. If, you guys, if Jon Snow resurrects in an empty room, did it really happen? Did nobody there? <laughs> we saw it, okay? Yeah. We saw it. Yeah, the camera's you know, there. I, I just kept walking around after John this Snow's was over be- before we recorded and uh, just kept saying, like, that was good. In reference to the whole episode, it was just good. Yeah, it's good. They did yes, it. it was. They did it. They just did it. So hats off to... David and Dan and the entire team behind Game of Thrones, all of the actors, everyone involved. This was, uh, it was fantastic. It was great. You still managed to surprise us and we knew that John was coming back. Well done. Seriously. Yeah. You waited to the literally the last possible second <laughs> in this episode. And you did it in probably the most simplest way. It couldn't have gotten easier. Yeah. It was either he gasps, he wakes up gasping or the, the cut to black. Yeah. Did anyone else not- gasp along with Jon Snow? I did. Because I absolutely did. And I'm not mad about uh, its simplicity. I think that there's some beauty in that, and I can't wait to see how they explain it next week. I agree. I agree completely. I mean, there's a very real chance Melisandre won't know how she did it. And there's a very real chance, I think, it wasn't even her, although that would be weird. But I I think that that's sort of what they're going for, the fact that everyone walked out, is we don't really know what powers were at play there. Um Hell, my only my only thing that I'm I'm just thrilled to please this punch about is that his eyes weren't blue when they finally did open. <laughs> uh, so that's that's all <laughs> I can hope for in this world. Thank you, everybody. Good night. You know, kind of just he's he's not a white. Yep. And we don't know Hallelujah. what is going to be different about John, if yeah, anything. S- something might be missing. There's going to be a large Night's Watch sized hole in his heart that he just can't find And you know what? That he I'm can't not mad care about, about. It. Yeah, he's yeah. just yeah. ready to mm-hmm. fight. Yeah, none of this be... sympathy bullshit. He's going to storm down to, like you said, Micah, John kills all of 2K16. Maybe that's what we should get hyped about <laughs> at the beginning. He's going to storm down know. there where all they're kept and just be like, what's up, everyone? I'm back. Like, I forgot something. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm honestly surprised Dolores didn't kill Alistair. I mean, imprisoning him was the right thing to do, I suppose. But uh, and but I fully expect John to correct that mistake. You guys ready to do owns? <sighs> I am ready to do. Owns. I'm ready to do owns. This I'm ready. Particular section, it's it's only appropriate that we end this episode discussion where we started it with John, and my own actually goes to a. Passing reference to one Thoros of Mir by Melisandre yes. when she was mm-hmm. talking to Davos. And I thought it was important that she brought up the fact that she had seen another priest who had done this before, but the person that they brought back was not the same. And so I wonder what that means for John. And well, John I think it's Stark. also important that she mentioned Thoros of Mir because we know that he is cast for the season and that he did on accident yep yeah 
That's a good own, man. So did Melisandre. That's, that's a good own. I still don't know if she did. I mean, she had to have, unless something else was going on. I don't know. We're going to have a lot to talk about on the follow-up episode. I can't wait to see the first Kit Harrington interview. That first one. It, it came like, out. He's just going to laugh. Oh, it came out already? <laughs> yeah, he apologized for lying. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, Can I, I had to. Can I get my own? <laughs> yeah. That's, you want to give that my to job. my own? Like, d- d- Kit Harrington's already on damage control. Nobody's ever going to trust him to tell the truth. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to ask him to tell the truth ever again. Um, Is that really your own? No. Uh, but there is okay. a train going by, which is owning my giving my own. So I'm going to mute my line, and then you guys should give your own. I'm going to give my own to Sansa for the moment when Brienne and Sansa are talking about Arya. And Brienne talks about the last time she saw her and what it was like. And Brienne goes, she wasn't exactly dressed like a lady. And yeah. Sansa smiles, and she says, no, she wouldn't be. And I thought <laughs> that was um, a sweet moment. And I would love to see them reunited. That mm-hmm. would be too. That would be pretty sweet. This one's tough. I wanted. To originally give it to um, stuff that Euron was saying because I thought it was uh, a, a great introduction. Even to people that don't know who he is, a little bit of mystery is okay at first, right? And he came in with mystery and swagger and uh, and big words, which will probably end up biting him in the ass later. But uh, <laughs> for now, he's, he's pretty interesting. And like I said, the setting was fantastic. But I think that the true own should go to Lord Davos Seaworth for walking in the room and striking up the conversation with Melisandre, asking the right questions when he mentions the Lord Commander. And uh, she'd already at that point said, because uh, he said, I, I bet you know why, why I'm here. And she says, I will after you tell me, just disregarding her powers, disregarding the air Everything. of history. She's, she's all carried. And uh, when he says something about the Lord Commander, she says, former and uh, mm-hmm. mentions that he's dead, and he says, does he have to be? It's just he handled it so well. He was the Onion Knight, and I I don't know what his plans are in the books, but I don't know how much more beautiful it can get than uh, how it was handled here. And so uh, just uh, well done. Again, everyone involved, it was just uh, deftly, fantastically handled, and uh, he really made me feel it. And uh, he really made me feel in that scene that he wanted John to come back so badly that he really feels that John is the man that needs to lead them during these times of troubles. And uh, it just aggrandizes it for me because John is just a guy, you know? There's plenty of guys that can wield a sword. There's plenty of guys who uh, could hold the same Valyrian steel blade and chop down a White Walker. But it's it's more than that. It's about what he represents and it's about his bravership. Uh, bravership. It's about his leadership and his bravery. And the fact that our Onion Knight feels so strongly for it, um, I think, does well for making us uh, feel all right for putting that much of our uh, of our trust in him as well. So, good on you, Davos. Davos is definitely Davos, he made it a happen. Good choice. You're right. That's that's the best own hands down. My own is kind of a, a sort of a joke, but I'm, I'm going to give the own to Bruce Bolton. Uh, for the line, <laughs> you'll you'll always be my firstborn. I think that was a very sweet and stupid ass thing to say um, at the time, but it was coming from a good place. His heart, which was, you which know, which is now gone, which is now no the longer being. in their regards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know the, that Roos character, man. He's he's pretty cool. So um, yeah, own own to Roos Bolton for a a last uh, a little belated but not altogether unwelcome uh, familial love, familial re- remark. I think he's, he's not unlike Tywin in that he wants good things for his family, but perhaps the best thing for his family to do would have been to kill Ramsay when he had the chance. Did anybody else think for a moment that maybe Roos did kill Ramsay in that I thought Roos was going, yeah, I yeah. thought Roos would be the one. I couldn't tell who had killed who. Yeah, yeah for that, a second. That would have cool. been the smart thing to do. The the whole Ramsey thing is terrifying. I, John can take him, but if there were if John hadn't come back, I don't know who could take him. Tormund. Ah, yeah, okay. one one. Yeah. One, yeah, one, 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 one. I don't know, man. <laughs> that Ramsey Bolton, he's like a a, a a bug that you can't kill. That is true. Mad dog that you just can't put down. Well, it is owned. Feels good. <laughs> it is owned. <laughs> well, we've given our owns now, so that means that it is time for you to send in yours. Of course, if you haven't done so already, there's been just hundreds pouring in over on Twitter and Facebook and via email ever since the end of this episode. Uh, So if you need a little bit of a reminder of how to do that, 
I just told you, but you can uh, tweet at us at Game of Owns, scroll up on our Facebook wall at facebook.com slash Game of Owns, or shoot us an email at contact at Game of This time of the year, it's super important to carry a high profile, which I think that our show does in tackling two episodes a week. Don't know what other podcast does that at this time. But um, if you are enjoying so far our musings uh, on this latest season, of Game of Thrones, be sure to tell others in the form of iTunes reviews and definitely go and rate our podcast over on iTunes. So Game of Owns, uh, what it does is it's there's these lists, especially the season. I know I've already seen like a specific Game of Thrones list on iTunes. So please just uh, leave us a five-star review. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable or... John Snow dies next week. <laughs> Willis will speak and he'll say mean things about you. Oh, God, we didn't talk about how great the moments with Hodor was after that vision. Oh, My question what a is, you know how on Watchers everybody comments Hodor the first time on articles? <laughs> yes. Are we going to have to start writing Say Willis? It. Whatever, whatever his line was this episode, we should get that tattooed uh, on ourselves. That that whole like all 25 words <laughs> of that sentence that he spoke. You can do that, right. We'll be uh, back in a few days. Well, la- last week, reading everyone's owns last episode, we were all laughing so hard that we were in tears. So I'm really looking forward to everyone's hashtags and thoughts about episode two. I just want to know how you feel because I feel wonderful. This is going to be a good night. From our snake ass goon squad to yours. Good evening. <laughs> John Snow's alive. <laughs> 2K16. 